Hello and welcome to this episode of The Curveball, a podcast brought to you by Jersey Business. I'm Chris Morris and today I've got the pleasure to speak with Alex Morell, Managing Director of ALX Training. Alex describes how she was dealt a massive curveball before the business had even been conceived and how in one weekend ALX Training was born and she suddenly found herself with a business. It's a fascinating journey with another big curveball recently and one I'm sure you're going to love hearing about. I hope you enjoy. So hi Alex, how are you today? I'm alright, I've already taught two lessons so I feel like I've done a full day's work already. Oh really? Yeah, <laughs> but Great. early in the morning. So I'm really looking forward to having a chat with you today. Um, so just tell me, how did you get started? Like what, how did your kind of career start? Go right back to the beginning. Oh right, okay. So I was working at an IT company as their trainer okay. and it was right at the heart, height of the recession and uh, they lost one of their major um, major clients and so that meant that I ended up being redundant. Um, however, um, I didn't really want to go and look for another job. I didn't want to ever be in that situation where I was made redundant again because yeah. I'd already been made redundant before. Oh wow. And so uh, I spoke to my husband and he was like, you should just do this for yourself. So out of that that weekend we um with some friends we just thought of a name set up a website and i was trading on the monday wow actually i was trading in guernsey on the monday because i'd already had a client that was lined up to work with this other company that needed so, some training yeah so it was it so that was actually say so that was a bit of a curveball i really wasn't planning on setting up a business i didn't have a business plan um i didn't it wasn't my intention it was just something that it came out of necessity really because i suddenly found myself having to you know, continue with a, you know, with a child and with a mortgage and you still got to earn a living. Yeah. And so that just seemed the easiest and obvious route. So that, that's how I started. It was very small, just me, my car, a few laptops. And, um, and then we've just grown it very steadily since then. So have you always been in training then? Has that been, yes. that's always been your kind of passion? Yes, I've always been in training since uh, after university. Right. I uh, was an English language teacher for a number of years and I taught my IT there. So yes, I've been doing this since, since... Uh, 90s. <laughs> right, brilliant. Um, yeah, so it's always been, I've taught lots of different types of subjects, but essentially it's always been about um, uh, knowledge and, and uh, knowledge management and training and, um, and yeah. mentoring. And did you ever think that you'd have a business then? Was that ever kind of on the radar or was that, you know, was it literally a complete kind of, um, you know, almost a shock to you that I think I was always a bit entrepreneurial because I had set up a charity before. Okay. And I was a chairman of a charity and that was when I was really young. And I'd always, even when I'd worked um, as a trainer for St. Rose College, which was just a brilliant place to to work, um, I'd always have my own private students and the St. Brothers was very seasonal. So in the winter, I kind of always had to... Um, find money right. <laughs> so uh, I think I was always used to you know um, I would say uh, like pull money out of the ether that's how you <laughs> feel like you're doing it when you're when you're setting up is you don't know where it's going to come from but somehow you make it happen and so I've always had that ability to do that so um, I suppose not I didn't go to university to study business or anything like that but I was always a but it kind of naturally naturally came yeah, I love selling and I love my job, which is teaching. And so um, if you have a passion, you can, you can normally turn it so that you can um, earn yeah. through that. So you've set up on the Monday. Yeah. Brand new business, brand new website. Yeah. What happened next? 
so um, I was so this is where the first curveball comes in really so that was great um, set up and had some few clients and I was based uh, out of a shared office with um, a company because I rented a seat and I rented some equipment and it was they were really good and they gave me really really cheap rent um, while I was there and then suddenly they again had some financial difficulties which obviously well uh, what happened to them had an impact, had an on, impact us. on you so they um, put my rent up I think it was by 300% and I was suddenly like wow. whoa I've just started um, and my first thought was oh this is this is this is the end how am I could I possibly ever afford this when I've only got a few clients and you know this this is gonna kill me so that tends to be where my brain first goes and then you you know, you realise that actually there is always a solution. There's always a way around it. Um, you've just got to think about it. Yeah. And so I spoke to everybody I knew, and that's a great thing about Jersey because you can ha- tap into your network. And out of the most unpredictable way, which is my my father-in-law had been driving down the road and saw an advert in a window for shared um, serviced offices, and it was really really cheap. And so he told me. So I managed to get placed there, and actually that was. Looking back, that was a brilliant opportunity because it was um, the shared offices had um, premises all over the world. So not only did I just now have a little office, I had premises right, everywhere. Right, so you had a network of yeah. They had a team. They okay. had administrators who were so helpful. I'm still in touch with, and they gave me good advice. And there were other clients in the building, and I picked up work there. And we had a telephone, and we had fax. And suddenly, I've <laughs> gone from being in a chair. Um, to, to like ah properly and offices and then over the years I moved in that building I got a bigger office I shared with different people and it was so so useful being part of that community so I would say that if you have a curveball is is to not do what I do and think oh that's it <laughs> it's not gonna we're not gonna it's gonna kill me <laughs> yeah. it's to think there is always a solution and if you tap into your network you never know where it's gonna come from and, and often you can look back and go wow you know, thank goodness that happened to me because I wouldn't be in this position yeah, now. In hindsight, if that yeah. Had, yeah, that happens a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. So, how long has has the business been going now? Then, so ten years in August. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. Wow. So, so we. And it was plain sailing from there in. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I, I do. I love planning, and I think this is the thing with the curveball is because it doesn't matter how much you plan things can just come out of nowhere. And it's because it's something that, like this first company, you know, they lost a client and that had an impact on me. The second big curveball, and I think this would ha- this happens to a lot of small businesses, is when you lose a member of the team. Okay. So we have, so at the time we had, I think, six employees. So when one person goes, that's a sixth of your business. If you're Barclays Bank and a yeah. sixth, of your, sixth of your staff uh, workforce walks out the door you know about it yeah. and uh, and again it was not you know this this individual it, it, something had happened in their life that meant that they had no alternative but to their to own readdress. curveball exactly exactly they had their own curveball and so um and they were really good to us and they stayed in as long as they could but they had to leave <laughs> yeah so um so that's when we i realized that I had to significantly change the business because if we were to get something else to affect us, something out of nowhere, or someone else was to leave, yeah, that that would have been game over. Right. And so, um, I, again, tapped into my network. I was sitting at my clients and thinking, like, what what's the, the problem here? I've got loads of business, 
loads of business, uh, but I haven't got people to help to do it. And I couldn't, um, I've been trying to recruit and finding someone who is really knowledgeable IT, passionate about IT, but can also really communicate and teach. That's a, that's a rare mix. Yeah. So either you go through the long training process, which is what we're doing at the moment, but I needed people like pretty quickly. Who to could feel start this. almost immediately. Yeah. And so, um, so I was at my clients and I was looking around going, they've got a lot of people here. <laughs> and they've got a lot of people who are really techy and maybe with a bit of training, they could help us with the training. Because I know I've got the work. I just need the, the really, the quality trainers to help. So I just mentioned to um, their MD the situation I was in. Right. He was just walking past and I said, can I speak to you? I've got this situation. I've got those work. No one to do it. Can we use some of your people? Yeah. <laughs> or can we do a merger? Or and then as I was saying out loud, I realised that what I was wanting to say is, or maybe we should sell and become part of your organisation. Right. So wow. what we did is I sold to that company. So right. Last year, sold all our shares, um, and we sold to uh, the C Five Alliance Group, which is a big technology company. There's two hundred staff. Yep. Very techy, very knowledgeable, and I just in there. I'm sure I can start training up some people to do some of our some of our courses where they're niche ones that we haven't got the the bandwidth to teach every single subject you know so we're going to do a call and then we'll be pulling in on their experts to deliver the rest but uh, so yes yeah, so that was a massive curveball and it's gone really well you know again there's going to be I'm sure there's going to be other you know as now we're part of a bigger group there's going to be different things happening to us yeah but um yeah, I, I never ever would have predicted um, that I was going to sell. That wasn't last part August. of the plan. No way, no, not at all. But I realised. But I, I, but my, my, you know, my priority and responsibility is to make sure that this company is sustainable. Yeah. Because people's, you know, people have got mortgages, people have got lives. They they need to have regular salary, and that's my responsibility. So, by by selling. And um, we've got a much more robust company. There's no this company is not is going to be around now. Um, it, well, I, well, we'll listen back in this in ten years. Very <laughs> 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 <Better> happy. <laughs> now, this business is going, it, the ALX, you know, the training element is going to be around because we've got a big structure around us in a way that we didn't have. It yeah. was very much it was me. I was doing and my colleague Catherine, and she was doing the HR and was doing the marketing. Was now we can tap in to um those dedicated skills yeah which is such a such a relief in one way but also i can concentrate on what i like doing and i want and i love teaching and i love consultancy and i love um mentoring and uh, all of that and, and helping people's careers grow and i can do that i don't have to be doing chasing debtors yeah. <laughs> i was going to ask you what were the things that you didn't enjoy doing well, uh, yeah, yeah. Chasing debtors, I think, is, is difficult for a small business because if you're really small, you're the person that's saying, "Oh, you, you, you're yeah. the fun." Come and end. buy more stuff. Yeah, and then come and, <laughs> and also you haven't paid your. You've got to be good cop and bad cop. So, um, one of the things I used to do, and I don't know if anyone's listening, this is this is quite a good tip. I read it myself. Is you pretend to be bigger than you are. So we would have. Um, <laughs> so I would send debtor reminders, but from someone else, but it's really me. <laughs> So we don't do that anymore. <laughs> but um, yeah, you, we would have different email addresses for different hats. Yeah. Because you've got to give that kind of illusion that you're bigger, and also you can't be the same person that is wanting to do your consultancy and then you know hassling them because they've not paid. 
Yeah. Uh, the technology. So comes when you in that. so when you had that conversation with the MD and you said, mm. you know, help, there's an opportunity here. Yes. Did you then? Were you kind of firm then in your own mind that that was the right thing? Yes. Or did you kind of have a moment of like, what have I done? No. Or, I knew, you, you as, I was, knew? as I was saying it, I just, it was, I knew this was the right thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't have any regrets at all. It was the right thing to do. Um, I, I, if we, if I hadn't have done that, we would still be in a situation where you're permanently worried that one member of the team could leave and that would could just jeopardise everything. Yeah. I think there's two things that kill you in Jersey running a small business. And that's cash flow, obviously, yeah. and staff. Because it's 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 not a it's not a slow death it's a quick death, and you you can't be in control of everything and there's so much um, you know new legislation and, and those things that come in but you can sort of plan for that, but a big client doesn't pay you or a big client goes bust which is what happened led to my redundancy yeah those, at the beginning at the beginning or um, you can't predict that or you know somebody falling ill you know, how can you predict that or someone just saying look. I've got to leave because of my own personal reasons. So that's difficult when you're small and you're doing everything because you don't have much capacity. You're you're working long hours already and you're doing everything you possibly can. You don't have another five hours to give it in a day because you're already at 19 (laughs) or something like that. So it's tough. So I'm intrigued. So you said, you mentioned that you love planning. Yes. Which would indicate that you are somebody who kind of tackles things very much with your head yes but then it feels like you also use your gut a lot in terms of the decisions that you've made I think um would you say that I don't know it's difficult because the I suppose we do the same it depends on the type of type of um decision you're making I think with in terms of people um, I would say it's very much uh, instinctive. Yeah. When you can you can sense from somebody where it's going to go, then that would be more react. You know, I would be feeling my way through that. But when it's something like, does it make sense to sell the business and at what price and to who? That was very much, yeah. There was plans. You know, I love a spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I so do. although that initial trigger of kind of grabbing seizing the opportunity to yes. speak to the md yes that's the gut well do you I, think so even i mean it's probably was a gut reaction but even, was that even planned <laughs> even when when i got that telephone call i was thinking i'm I, there is a little bit of an element of when i went to that business i did see you them. kind of knew yeah that, that was of sitting there and i thought there's a lot of people here and then i yeah i mean it's, i suppose it is reactionary but i like to think it was also I was calculating yeah. it in my head. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't a flippant or yeah, let's go for it. It wasn't a gamble. So I uh people know me, I live with two gamblers. So okay. <laughs> and I've grown up in a family of, of proper gamblers. Right. And um and they and it's quite interesting because I will think that, that they gamble and that's that's it mad. Because <laughs> you're not in control. And but they also will look at me and think I gamble. Right. Yet my type of gambling in my head is is um, very much planned. You know, I calculated. do calculated. It is. Whereas um, putting fifty quid on a horse, that's not planned. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's different. You know. But um, I would, I would, I would put 
you know, more than 50 quid, you know, um, on and gamble that on my business because I know that I can steer it and ultimately I can influence things. Yeah. I can't influence a horse race. <laughs> yeah. So I wouldn't think that I am. I don't think I am a gambler. I'm not a gambler. Yeah. Okay, great. So what would you say success looks like then? Oh, I love this question. <laughs> think about this a lot because you should, because you shouldn't be, it's, for me, it's definitely not financial. Definitely. Um, success is freedom. And I know that people who know me will just think, well, you work every hour of the day. But ultimately, I am going to... It's that total freedom. So um, one of the things that I love is being able to sell the business, give me an element of freedom in the fact that I've paid off all debts, you know, yeah. business debts and things like that. So you don't have that. When you're heavily got debts or you've got mortgages or you've got, you know, even tuition fees or school fees, yeah. that's a huge... Uh, kind of weight around yeah. you, yeah. And a contract that you've got to service for the next 18 years or however many years. So, um, so I, for me, success is when I have, when I'm not tied to that. And I can, I choose to teach because I love to teach and I'll always do that or choose to be in business because I love to do it, but I'm not having to work again for something that I don't want to do and there are lots of people out there people who don't run their own businesses who are employees and, and you'll, you'll, I'll meet them and they don't like their job but they do it because they're not free to make any other decision yeah so I want to have to be free uh, to choose what I want to do to do the study that I love the learning that I love to, to do the day-to-day jobs that I love and that's, that's what I think really is um and and traveling you know I want to be able to travel when I when I want that's the ultimate I suppose later on I'll come back okay. more traveling um and what so in terms of kind of curveballs you've obviously experienced quite a few within your career to date and business yeah do you think that that's inevitable yes of course it is it is as much as we you know people man always tries to control things but you can't predict you know that it's always you've got there's you've got to uh, I suppose that's why you need to build resilience because no matter what you do, there's going to be a curveball. And it's about when that happens to you, um, is re- is digging deep and thinking, no, stopping and breathing and think, no, I can solve this. There is a solution. Um, and, 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 and what is your next plan of attack? Um, but you have to be so resilient because it will happen. And some are going to be bigger than others you know the small ones you won't even notice because that just becomes day-to-day background yeah. <laughs> noise but the big ones it's yeah you've just got to you know, pick yourself up and just like right what am I going to do next what's my plan yeah <laughs> that would be my first thought like what's my plan A what's my plan B what's my plan C yeah and uh, and, ta- and tackle it head on and have there been moments when you found yourself on one path and then suddenly on a different path that you perhaps didn't expect or you didn't kind of envisage it would pan out that way? I love travelling, so I absolutely adore travelling. And and one of the things I do like is, um, I don't like it at work or in my, in my at home life, but when you're travelling, I do love the kind of curveballs that you get because you end up having those conversations with place and end up in random places, and I love that. That's kind of what my idea of holiday is really, right. is going and just ending up somewhere completely random. Yeah, um, yeah. So, I, but it's not something that I would say it's part of my life here. Your everyday. Yeah. Okay. And in terms of the kind of future, what what does the future hold for the business then? What 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 do you see the future looking like? I so I the, it's 
going to be bigger. When if I if I had stayed in control, I was kind of also aware that I had taken it to the level I could reach it. I don't okay. think I would have. I I I. I I was doing it nine years and it had got to a level and it hadn't got further. And I didn't really understand how to get it to the next level. So by being part of this bigger group, you know, we've got the capacity to, to develop it. So I want to have, I want to really broaden our e-learning offerings. You know, the stats really, there's a big future in that. Um, all sorts of digital learning content and, um, you know, pursuing with that that area, yeah. um, as well as doing um, much more consultancy. Um, so where I go in and teach teach people that there's often other um, processes that are not looked after or looked looked into or there's other software you know, the rate of the, the rate of change is so massive that um, just if I look at the beginning when I was learning a product that product would stay fixed for three years and then they would roll out a new one and then we'd do an upgrade yeah now, some of the products I teach change weekly so there's yeah. that's a huge um mission to take keeping up to date with that but um there's a whole area i mean if you're a workforce and you've got a product that's updating weekly how do you make sure that all of your colleagues are getting the best from that yeah so i see lots and lots of opportunities not just in jersey um so this morning my first lesson was teaching people in hong kong oh really that was nice i love my students in hong kong um it's you know I love, obviously, I've already said I love traveling. Yes. I can't always travel all the time. So, this is a way that I get to meet people um, right in central Hong Kong and I can sit out the window and, you know, <laughs> can chat to them. And um, it's brilliant. So, so, our business doesn't need to be limited here yeah. with the internet. And so, we can be doing more of that, you know, teaching around the world. Because uh, the products that we teach, like Microsoft, yeah. they're global products. Yeah. Um, so that there's no real reason why we should, why why it needs to stay small. It can, it's got as much legs as we want to give it, really. Yeah, great. So when you sold the business and you've obviously integrated with um, the group culturally and and kind of you know as a workforce. Yeah. How did you go about that kind of transition? I can't say. Did you just drop everybody in and hope for the best? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the... I would say that that's definitely a challenging part. At the moment, it's just beginning, but at the very beginning, we were just left alone. Okay. So nothing, nothing changed. Just put in the corner. <laughs> well, we, we, stayed, we, we stayed in the same premises, we had the same team, same brand, same logo, nothing, nothing's changed in terms of that. Um, but slowly, just very, very recently, there's been a few things where, you know, they're wanting to bring us into the group. Become um, more integrated. More integrated. And, I, again, I want everything planned. They, they, if they're listening to this, they will know. They heard me say, that's fine, Alex. <laughs> as long as it's planned, we can do it. Because you've got to bring people on and people need to be aware of what change is going to happen to them. I mean, so, it's almost a new responsibility, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you said you obviously had a responsibility to the business and to the people. Yeah. But it's kind of a, it's a different responsibility, isn't it? It's still there. I still really, um, you know, I want to make sure that my team love working with us and that, you know, that, they're not going to have that this isn't a curveball for them that's really important that they that they know what's going to happen and um and and things are smooth things are better for them in terms of you know we've got when you're small business they've got nice 
better contracts, you know, they've got yeah. proper HR team, they've got, so they've got a lot more support, well-being, all of that that you don't get with a small business. So I really hope that they see it, that they've got a better opportunity um, and a, a better, you know, working environment. Um, but at the moment, we're still quite separate, still got our brand, and but in, in a couple of years, you know, a good few years, I would like to see us working really closely as a group because as a group, actually, we've got a lot more to offer the workplace because we'd be end-to-end business solutions. If you know C5's technology, yeah. and as part, actually C5 is owned by BDO Group, and they've got a whole advisory uh, accountancy and um, there's a big change management process. And all of us together, yeah, that's, that's a really good proposition. Um we can put your IT in, we can advise you how to do it, we can help you change, and, uh, and I can teach you how to use it. Yeah. <laughs> You've got the pitch already. <laughs> just, it's just how I see it. That, and, uh, yeah, I think it will, it will work. We, yeah. we complement all of each other. We complement each other. But it, it's, as in all businesses, it's never going to be just smooth. There's always going to be a little bit of things that are going to you know, be difficult for some people because change is always difficult for some people. Yeah. And how do you how do you deal with that then? Like, what's what's your kind of natural default? I mean, this is probably where you, I, I I I like to be able to talk to people, but probably one of the things that is difficult at the moment is because I am not always available because okay. I'm teaching. But that that is what I would want to be doing is to spend more time with my with the team and make sure that they fully know. Otherwise, I suppose we use technology to communicate. Um, but it would be better things like that are done face to face. Yeah. So I'd like to do more, 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 more spending time with the guys. Great. And do you see yourself as an entrepreneur? I think I do. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I do because I've always got. I've. I think I can. When well, I suppose I. Pre, yeah. Back in the day, I probably would have maybe gone. Oh, entrepreneur. That sounds a bit. You know, pretentious. <laughs> it's not me at all. But then when I work with people who. Um, who have always walked, worked in a corporate environment or maybe a uh, civil service, I then realise, oh, wow, I am. Because <laughs> my brain is always going with, oh, I could do this and ideas and I love the I love the creation of something. That's just great, you know, have an idea and how can we put it to market really quickly? What's the interest? Would anybody want to buy this? And and I, I love that aspect. The thrill of that, yeah. I do. I mean, we just developed a little uh, a new course um this week and um, put it out to people and it was just great that people picked it up and um, so yeah I do love that and just being able to feel what's going to be um, what's going to be the next big thing yeah. you know where, where, where's it going you've got to always be thinking in the future we've got some great products at C5 that, well I mean that's not an advert we've got great products that I, I can think are going to be huge like automation you know lot, bringing in artificial intelligence so being on, you know, looking at that sort of stuff, that excites me. Great. This is down the line. So if there was one piece of advice that you could kind of part with and yeah. give somebody, what would it be? I would say is build your network because they'll be there for you when you have a curveball moment, especially if you're there for them because it happens to everybody and you you can share that, what happened to you. and it, But... Yeah, so build your network, um, work with other small businesses, be as collaborative as possible, um, anything to make, so that will make you just sustainable in the long run. And just remember that um, you probably do have all the skills 
inside you to overcome this problem. And it's just a case of taking hold. We, I say we, we, you have a, a grip self moment when you're kind of like, right, this has just happened. Okay, just grip self. I love that. <laughs> it's came from a, a course I went on, but you grip self and then think, how can I deal with it? And you will, you will, you will get over it. You know, that's the thing. It shouldn't stop you. It shouldn't kill you unless it's, unless it's death itself. and on that note (laughs) it's been great thanks Alex so just tell everybody where can they find ALX we're on Hillary Street by the by West Centre okay great and And um, online online www.alxtraining.com um and we'd be delighted to help you in anything you can where we can about your software brilliant that's great thanks Alex You've been listening to The Curveball, a podcast by Jersey Business, presented by Chris Morris of Interval Marketing. To find more episodes of our podcasts, go to our website or wherever you usually get your podcasts from. For more information on how Jersey Business can support you on your business journey, visit our website at jerseybusiness.je.